Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Ah, well, it is a new year and it's my pleasure and privilege to share with you the very first message on the very first Sunday of 2022. So welcome online, welcome in the room. It's great to be with you this morning. And uh, because it's a new year, I know that there were many New Year's resolutions that were made. Who's made a New Year's resolution this, this year? Anyone? A few hands going up, a few hands going up, a few non-committals out there. But uh, this is the top five New Year's resolutions. The number five New Year's resolution this year was to take up a new hobby. Anyone make that their New Year's resolution? To take up a new hobby. I know Mike Butler took up a new hobby. He went paddleboarding for the very first time. And in true Mike Butler fashion, he nailed it like he does with everything. So well done to you, Mike Butler. But uh, new hobby was number five. Number four is to make more money. I know Morgan's one is make more money with his crypto and all his Bitcoin and all his things that he's got on the side. A little bit of a wheeler and dealer is our Morgan and some of our young ones in the church, which is kind of cool. So if you want any advice, see Morgan or not. He's learning. He's learning. Maybe, maybe see Morgan in a few years' time. I don't know. Number three is to improve relationships. That's a good one. If you made this year a year to improve relationships, that's a good one. And I trust you go really well in that. The second one on the list was to stop smoking. Pastor Danny. <laughs> We're praying for you in that one. Amen. Amen. Stop smoking. That's, that's a big one. But, but the number one, the number one, the number one resolution for this year, and it comes in at number one pretty much every year, and you guessed it, is to lose some weight. Anyone make that their New Year's resolution? Lose some weight, lose a few kilos that you put on over Christmas or over COVID, the COVID kilos or the Christmas kilos. Does that make sense? Yes? Well, whatever it is, this is, this is, this is my... This is my desire that this year, this year, we would make it our New Year's resolution to get smart. And I'm so serious about this. We've started the year off with a new series called Get Smart. Turn to the person next to you and say, get smart. Get smart. smart. In other words, we want to turn wisdom into wisdom. How many know what I'm talking about? Wisdom. We want to turn all the wisdom into wisdom in 2022. And what a year to be able to do that in. Of course, I can't say Get Smart without thinking of the 1970s sitcom Get Smart. Who remembers that? If you're my generation, you will. Some of you are a bit younger may remember the, the knockoff version. They made a film which was nowhere near as good as the original, but that's a whole nother story. But you can't think of Get Smart without thinking of some of the catchphrases from that particular series. And a few that come to mind are, missed it by that much. See, there's a few believers out there, which is awesome. A few people getting smarter by the minute, which is awesome. Uh, And what about um, when um, he said, sorry about that, chief. (laughs) Who's reliving their childhood right now? Sorry about that, chief. And then there was the, ah, the old fill in the blank trick. Remember, ah, the old pebble in the shoe trick. But so if, if, um, if Maxwell Smart was here right now, and to all those watching online, you might say, ah, the old stay at home from church because of COVID trick. 
<laughs> That's what he might say if he was here. I wouldn't say, I would never say, that. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor, I'm not, I'm not. But that's, that's kind of how it went. And then there was, of course, Agent 99. And her catch cry was, good thinking, Max. Good thinking, Max. And, and, and that's what I trust this series will produce. Good thinking in 2022. Good thinking. That, that's what this series is all about. It's about us thinking better this year. And so we're going to look into the book of Proverbs. And I want to start from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. What better place to start than the very beginning? So Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. And I'm going to read from the message translation. I like this version. It says this. It says, there are, These are sorry, the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king, written down so we'll all know how to live well, get this, and right, to understand what life means and where it's going. If there was ever a time where we need to understand what's happening in life and where it's going, it's right here, right now in 2022. Who says the Bible is boring, untrue and irrelevant? This was written thousands of years ago and here it is applicable to today. A manual for living. That's what the book of Proverbs is. It's a manual for living. And dare I say, the Bible is a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and to give our young people a grasp on reality. So if you're a young person here today, this message is for you. Then it goes on to say, there's something here also for the seasoned men and women. If you're a seasoned man or woman in the room, there's something here for you. There's still a thing or two for the experienced to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and to penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. This series, I trust, will have something for each and every one of us, men and women, both young and old, inexperienced and experienced. Please, let's not ever get to the stage or the age where we think we know it all. No one likes to know it all. Yeah. Write that down. No one likes, I know that. Yeah, I've done that. Let's stay open to learning in 2022. These verses contain three very important pieces of information. They involve the who, the what, and the why this book was written. Let's look at them very quickly. Firstly, it involves the who. Who wrote it? Well, the Bible tells us it was Solomon himself. Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. He was a son that should never have happened. For those of you who are unaware, David had an affair with a woman that was not his wife. She was married to someone else. And it went horribly wrong because not only did he have the affair, but she got pregnant. And because he got pregnant, he tried to fix the problem. And he called the husband off the fighting battlefield into his uh, castle, into his um, home and said, I want, you to, I want you to stay with your wife and, and, and sleep with her and, and, and just be blessed because you've been working hard on the front line there. But he was such a man of integrity, he refused to sleep with his wife. And so David realised, you know, I've got to do something else about this because... It's going to get out that she's pregnant. And if he hasn't slept with her, they're going to start asking, who is then the husband of this particular child? And so he had Uriah, that was this woman's husband, put on the front of the battle and he was ultimately killed. 
And so this was a child that was not ever meant to be. He was the exception to the rule, was Solomon. And I want you to remember that because God can use everyone and everything. He can use every circumstance and every situation. If you are an illegitimate child, if you were a mistake, if you weren't planned, if life has not gone according to what you thought, there is hope for you today. One of the wisest men who's ever walked the face of this earth was not planned, but was part of God's plan. Are you with me, church? So be encouraged with that thought today. So it was Solomon who put these Proverbs together. So what did Solomon write about? Well, he wrote about the Proverbs. They are Proverbs. Turn to the person next to you and say Proverbs. See, a proverb is a pithy statement on how life works. Some of you might say, well, what does pithy mean? Pithy is a concise and meaningful statement. It's something that contains a lot of uh, thought, a lot of wisdom, a lot in it. So it's, it's very meaningful, but it's very concise. That is the Proverbs. And all cultures have them. You may have heard it said, the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That proverb is not about birds. And it's not about bees. It's actually saying that actually... Be grateful for what you have. Stop chasing the elusive something else out there. Be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for the wife you have. Be grateful for the husband that you have. Be grateful for the children that you have. Be grateful for the things that you have in your life. It says a lot in a little. That's what Proverbs are. And so these are the things that we're going to be discussing over the next few weeks in this series. They are an insight into life. And we are to take them and we can apply them in our marriage, in our relationships, in our workplace, in our leadership and in church life. But here's something you need to get a hold of today and maybe write this down. Proverbs are not promises. This is where we as the church can go wrong. When we turn the Bible into something it was never meant to be. And particularly for us with a Pentecostal background, a hyper faith, God can do everything. I am the head, not the tail. We've got to be careful that we don't turn something into something that was never intended to be. The Proverbs are not promises. Does that make sense? For example, it talks about living a long life. The wise and the righteous should live a long life. But, but I know people who are wise and righteous that did not live a long life. That would be true for many of the New Testament early Christians. Indeed, our youth pastor, Pastor Danny's oldest son, Chris, passed away at the age of 39 while on a youth camp. I I don't have an explanation for that. And it certainly doesn't tie into the Proverbs if Proverbs are a promise. And we need to understand that there are exceptions to these rules. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 3, it says, The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry. And yet I know many people who have suffered from hunger, who are righteous. You've only got to think of the third world. The church in the third world are going without food right now. As as we try and work off our Christmas um, kilos, there are people who didn't eat at Christmas and they believe in Jesus and they love Jesus. 
And yet these words are found in the Bible. How do we marry these truths with our realities? It says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse four, the lazy hands make for poverty. Well, that would be true most of the time, but I do know some lazy people who are living a wealthy life because of an inheritance, because of a lottery win. But, but generally, yeah. that wouldn't be true. Yeah. You see, Proverbs are patterns and principles that work on percentages. They are patterns and they are principles that work on the percentages. Yes, there are some exceptions to those rules. So you might say, well, hang on, if it's not always true, why bother at all? Well, I'd say because the percentages are in your favour if you follow these truths. If I said to you that there's 85% chance that if you work hard, you'll do better off than being lazy. Why would, you, why would you run the risk of 15%? Why wouldn't you go for 85%? Let's just work hard. Let's be diligent with our finances because 85% of the time, it's gonna work out well for you. And yes, there'll be exceptions to the rule. And let's not make the exceptions the reason why we give up on God, give up on church, give up on everybody and everything. Are you with me? I know there are some people that have been faithful in the way that they've trained their children. They have indeed trained their children in the ways of the Lord, only to see their children go off the rails. And we've got parents beating themselves up, turning themselves inside out and saying, what more could I have done? If only I had more faith, if only I prayed more. And the devil wins. But we've got to understand that the percentages are in our favour if we do these things. But there are exceptions to the rule. Are you with me? You see, the Bible, when it was put together, is, it's, a, it's a library of 65 books. It's like a Kindle. Remember back in the day when you, had a, when you had an old school book and it was just one book? But with technology, we're able to put many books on one Kindle. And can you imagine reading a bit of it, one book and then going to another book and reading a bit of that and then going to another book and reading a bit of that? It wouldn't make sense. And so we've got to understand why each book was put there. Because when they were written, they weren't written as a Bible. They were written as a standalone book. And whenever you interpret the Scriptures, you've got to interpret in the context of the book that it was written in. And Proverbs is a book about a collection of sayings in order for us to gain wisdom. Are you with me? And so why did Solomon write this? Well, it's simple, to make us wise to help us get smart. He compiled them. He didn't write all of them. He had enough wisdom to know there are otherwise people that I can glean from. So in other words, he didn't have the plethora of truth or the monopoly of truth or the monopoly of wisdom, but he was wise enough to know that there are otherwise people. And he used this book of Proverbs as a collection of his wisdom and other wise people's wisdom that we could benefit from. And he did it for his son. If there's one thing that we could do for our children is to pass on wisdom. Unfortunately, Solomon found that kids will be kids and Rehoboam didn't listen to his dad. And the kingdom that was established well and truly under King Solomon's reign, his son lost it in three days. I mean, that's, that's, that's a skill. You talk about wisdom, there it is. He lost the kingdom in three days. You see, there's a difference between IQ and EQ. And that's what this series is about. 
Have you ever met a really intelligent person that's really, really dumb? Don't look at anyone. And I don't know why you're looking at me right now, actually. But have you ever met someone who's really smart? They do school well, but they don't do life well. And that's because there's a difference between EQ and IQ. IQ has to do with knowledge. EQ has to do with applied knowledge. In other words, wisdom is not just knowledge. Wisdom is applied knowledge. It's one thing to know something, but it's a whole other thing to put what you know into practice. Every one of you here would know that if you want to lose weight and fulfil the number one resolution that is out there this year, you know what to do. You're going to have to watch what you eat and you're going to have to exercise a little bit. We know that. But wisdom would say, let's apply it. And if we don't apply it, then we're lacking wisdom. We may not be lacking IQ. We may not be lacking the knowledge, but we're lacking the wisdom required to put the knowledge we have into practice. In order to get wise, you have to pay a little thing that I call dumb tax. What is dumb tax? Dumb, dumb, dumb tax are the lessons that we learn from making our own mistakes, number one, or the lessons we learn from watching other people make mistakes. And I don't know about you, I would rather learn from watching other people's mistakes than making my own. I stand up here as a 52-year-old man saying, I've, I've, I've learned through many people's mistakes, but I've also had to learn the hard way through my own mistakes. But I am learning. There's one thing worse than making the mistakes. And that's when you don't learn from them. When you keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. Let 2022 be a year where we become resolute and make some change in the way we do life that we might gain wisdom and get smart this year. Amen? And so we want to look at three things today that will help us take a step closer to wisdom. Three things very quickly and then we're done from this passage of Scripture that we've read today. Number one is we've got to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says it this way. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If you want wisdom, if you want understanding, the Bible tells us wisdom in, in His knowledge tells us that we need to get, fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the first step, not the only step. It's the first step toward wisdom. If you're serious about getting smarter, if you're serious about getting wiser, we have to be people that fear the Lord. Why? Because He is the Lord. In other words, He's not just your buddy. He's not just your friend. You see, with every truth, there's two sides of truth. You've heard it said there's two sides of the coin. Well, God is Abba Father and He is our friend. Jesus was a friend to sinners. That is not false. It is true, but it's not the full truth. And if you want to be set free and stay free, you need the truth. Jesus said the truth will set you free, not a side of the truth. So embrace Him as Father. Embrace Him as Abba Daddy. Embrace Him as friend. Absolutely. But you also have to embrace Him as Lord. It's both and, not either or. You can't pick or choose. And the Bible says that because He's Lord, He needs to be feared. And the Hebrew word for fear means to be afraid. 
to be very afraid. That's what it means. See, when we talk about fear, people say, oh yeah, I get fear. Fear is like that reverent awe. Yeah, but it's more than that. It's actually more than that. It's more than that. Can you imagine an electrician, no matter how trained and skilled he is, if he started getting too familiar with electricity? If he started thinking, you know what? I've been doing electricianing for 30 years. I no longer fear electricity. And so he goes to a job and he doesn't turn off the power because he knows what he's doing. I've been doing this for so long. I've been going to church for so long now. I've heard every message the pastor's got to preach. I know what I'm doing. And he no longer fears electricity. Now, as an electrician for 30 years, he shouldn't be afraid to go to work every day. But he has to have a healthy fear of electricity. Why? Because if he doesn't, he will die. Dun, 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 dun. Got to have a healthy fear for electricity. The moment you don't, the moment you get too familiar is the day that damage comes. When we no longer fear the Lord, we won't accept His grace and mercy. We'll presume His grace and mercy. And I feel like that's where many of us get after years. We've been walking with Jesus for years and we no longer accept His grace. We just assume it's already there. We don't, we, don't, we don't accept His forgiveness through deep repentance. We just presume and we assume that we are forgiven. But every day, we need to come with a fear of the Lord. And just because my intentions may be right and pure, doesn't mean my actions always are. And we say, God, I love You. And I thank You that I can approach You as Father. I thank You that I can approach You as Daddy. But is there anything in my heart that is unclean? Is there any offensive way in me? Because I fear you too much just to continue on and presume that all is okay. Can you imagine if we did that every day in 2022? Went confidently and boldly to the throne room of grace because of what Jesus has done. Went to Him as Abba Daddy, but with a healthy respect. Is there any? And if there's not, happy days. And if there is, we make the adjustment and it's happy days. Are you with me? So the first step toward wisdom is fearing the Lord. The second is to obey His commands. We're talking about getting wiser this year. And to do that, we've got to obey His commands. You see, the fear of the Lord leads to the following of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it's a well-known passage for many people. Many people who have been a Christian for a number of years would know this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not, if I say not, not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. There it is again. The fear and the obedience go hand in hand. When we don't fear God, what happens is we end up trusting in ourselves. If we're not going to trust God, we're going to trust ourselves. Self-reliance is the number one religion in this nation. Me being Lord of my own life is the number one religion in this nation. People often tell me, I agree with God in this area, 
but I just don't agree with him in that area. But it's not our job to judge the Bible. The Bible judges us. It's not us to judge the Bible. That's the Bible's job to judge us. I don't know about you, but there's lots of things that I don't agree on when it comes to what God has laid down. If I had my way, there'd be things that God is asking of me that I'd say, I don't want to do that. You know, if I was to ask you, what's your favourite verse? I'm sure you'd have a favourite verse. But if I was to ask you, what's your worst verse? What's the verse you hate? Do you have a hate verse? I have a few hate verses. You know, when that, you know there's so much love, but there's some that really get under my skin. And when the Bible asks us to turn the other cheek and to forgive your enemies, now I don't know about you, that's not right up there with my favourite verse. So I just I love that one. And in fact, if I, could, if I could erase a few verses, that might be up there with one of them. But the moment I erase that, the moment I question that, what I'm saying is, I know better than God. I'm not going to trust Him. I'm going to trust me. And at that moment, I become Lord of my own life. I become master of my own life. And friends, that is not wise. When you place yourself at the top of your thinking, then that's not very wise at all. If there's still some mystery to this God that we serve, that's good, that makes Him God. If there's some things we don't understand, there's things we can't work out, that's what makes Him God, that we can't fully comprehend, we can't fully understand because He's bigger than us. Are you with me? It's like when you are raising young children and kids always think they know best. You say, this is your bedtime. I'm not tired. They think they know better. So are you kidding me? If you don't go to bed soon and you stay up late, you're going to be grumpy as the next day. You need your sleep. And besides that, I used to say this to our kids all the time, you may not be tired, but I'm tired of you. Go to bed. That's my standard line. Because they don't fully understand the bigger picture. They only see now. I'm wired. I want to do. I want now. And you imagine me trying to say, hey, kids, what you need to understand. And trying to explain to them when they're already tired. Have you wondered why God sometimes doesn't answer us? It's because some of things aren't worth answering. Some of our kids would say some of the dumbest things. I just just didn't answer them because it's just not, it's just, Just, that you, you wouldn't even, if I, if I told you the answer to that, it would answer, it'd create 10 more questions and we'd be up all night. And kids have an incredible way of doing what they want to do and they'll even spiritualise it. Okay, so can we read the Bible? I said, no, it's bedtime. Can we read the Bible? <laughs> so, okay, we'll read the Bible. So you, so you read you read a verse. Can we, can we read more? But you don't even want to read the Bible. You just want to stay up and defy me. <laughs> and you have to be able to draw a line, yeah. Yeah. even though you can't fully explain why, because the children are unable to comprehend. Yeah. 
And they must learn just to obey, even though they don't fully understand. And that takes trust. And for us to obey God when we don't fully understand, like this crazy season that we're in, it takes trust. I don't know how long you've been walking with Jesus. But if it's a long period of time, my question is, do you still trust Him? Do you still fear Him? And do you still obey Him? Or have you become Lord and Master of your own life with a few Christian sayings? This year, we want to get smarter. We want to go deeper. We become more and more like Jesus. Are you with me? And the third thing, and the final thing this morning, is we're to seek it out. We're talking about taking steps toward wisdom. How do we take steps toward wisdom? Well, we've got to seek it out. When it comes to wisdom, you have to search for it. In other words, you can't just wait for it. You can't just pray for it. You've got to search for it. You've got to dig deep. We've got to make wisdom a priority. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 says it this way. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as, here it is, hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. See how fear is connected to all of these things. When it comes to looking for wisdom, it's like looking for treasure, the Proverbs tell us. And that takes time, effort and tenacity. Why? Because treasure is rare. If we were looking for dirt, dirt's everywhere. You don't have to search hard for dirt. I can literally walk outside and find dirt. I wouldn't have to dig too hard. I wouldn't have to look too hard. I could literally come back. I reckon by the time I open that door, I could literally run out there, come back with a handful of dirt within probably 15 seconds. But if you were talking silver and gold and rubies, I don't know that I could do it in 15 seconds. Why? Because it's not everywhere. People's advice is everywhere. People's opinion, everywhere. People's opinion is like dirt. It's everywhere. It's easy to find because it's cheap. But wisdom, that's rare. Wisdom is like treasure. That's not everywhere. People's opinion, oh my gosh. You're kidding me? What do you think of this girl? Do you think I should date her? Sure. What do you reckon, Jacob? In joke, shouldn't do that. People's opinions are everywhere. But wisdom is rare. Treasure hunters don't find treasure every day. So what do they do? They go back next day. They dig again and they search again. And if they don't find it next day, they go back the next day. And they dig and they search 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 and then they find something. And it might only be a scary, it's like, wow. 
Can you imagine 12 months of us digging and searching for wisdom? Do you know how different our life will be? Do you know how more balanced and even keeled we would be as a people? Many growing up would have played the game hide and seek. And if you're anything like me as a dad, when their kids were very young, you made it very easy for them to find. You say, count to three, one, two, three, and you okay. And they'd find you. Ah, I found you, you're behind the pulpit. Wow, you're so good. Wow, amazing. Woo. Because you want to be found. As a dad, you want to be found. You don't want to be locked in a closet for the rest of your life. You, know? <laughs> you, you realise kids have an attention span. of if, if they don't find me in three seconds, the game's over. <laughs> you know? But as they get older, you want to know if they really want to be with you. So you make it a bit harder. Because you want to know, do they really want to find me? Do they really want to be with me? So you make it a bit harder. And they search a bit more with greater intensity. And then when they find you in that place, then you get harder again. Why? To make it more difficult? No. To see how hungry they are. To see how much they want to be with their dad. See, when Jesus told parables, it wasn't just as illustrations. But at times, not all, but at times, He would conceal truth so that only the hungry would understand. He would create a hunger. Are you hungry? And if you read it just once, I don't get it. And yes, yeah, the trouble, you're not hungry enough. Sure, you don't get it, but that's not the problem. You're not understanding is not the problem. Your lack of hunger is the problem. Your lack of drive, your lack of desire, that's the problem. Why don't we see the wisdom required? Because it takes drive, it takes tenacity, it takes hunger. Our role in ruling and reigning with Christ comes to the forefront when we seek Him for answers to the dilemmas of this world. So you take COVID right now. Do I have all the answers? Absolutely not. But I'm committed under God to staying close to Him, to finding answers, to finding solutions, to help people walk through their problems. And the best way to do that is for me to first walk through mine. What do you do when there's this pandemic? And what do you do when church this and government that? How do you marry the two? I don't know all the answers, but I'm committed to seeking the gold, seeking the rare wisdom that's required to find those answers. I mentioned Chris who passed away as a 39-year-old man youth pastor, on mission, at a youth camp. Gets struck by lightning of all things. Doesn't make sense to me. We had a lightning strike, uh, a lightning storm the other day. Kath and I were out there watching it undercover. If you're part of this church, it affects the way we view lightning. We could appreciate it, but from a distance. Undercover, thank you very much. But there were people all out on the grass in front of us, on the jetty, and they're all looking up and woo, yeah. I, I don't know how many of them would be Christians. I certainly know none of them are on a youth camp looking after young people. And there is no reported deaths. And yet when we have a youth camp, what's the answer to that? I, I don't know. 
but I'm committed to God to keep trusting. And I refuse in those moments to do this one thing, to lean on my own understanding. If I lean on my own understanding, it's all over. I would rather not have the answers and trust God than start leaning on my own understanding. If I had a young kid out here and and a strong man here and I leant against a a strong man versus leant against a child, who do you think would have the strength to hold me up? When we lean on our own understanding, it's like leaning on that child. It may hold you for a little while, but it won't hold you for long. If you don't have answers, then this is what that season taught me. Trust more. I don't know. Then maybe the answer is not not more knowledge. Maybe it's more trusting. Maybe God wants you to become more trusting this year instead of more knowledgeable. In actual fact, we have the plethora of knowledge. But our trust is getting smaller and smaller. Church, may 2022 be a year where we trust again. Practically, in closing, let me say this. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's 31 days in January. See where I'm going with this. One chapter of Proverbs every day this year. Well, let's not commit. Uh, every, uh, every day this month. Why not commit to reading the book of Proverbs every day for the month of January to start your year off? And if you say, oh, we've already missed the first of January. Okay, I've given you most of the first anyway. Start with the second. Proverbs 2. And then tomorrow, Proverbs 3. Then the next day, Proverbs... Just read it. Read one chapter every day and then ask yourself three questions. Number one is what verse applies to me today. Remember they're little pithy statements. You can just grab which of all the statements applies to me today. They may not all apply to you, but what one applies to you. Secondly, where have I seen this in others? Where have I seen this in others? And thirdly, where have I seen this in my own life? I'm gonna help you practically this year to get smarter, to go deeper. But where does it all start? Where does wisdom start? It starts with the fear of the Lord. If you've been a Christian for many, many years, don't think for a moment that you can presume upon God's grace because He's your daddy, your friend, your buddy. There's a truth to that. But my goodness me, He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He deserves respect, honour and first place in our lives. Do you know the reason most pastors have to try to rally us to give financially on a regular basis? Because we forget He's Lord. The church would not need to be reminded to give their tithe every week if we just remembered He is Lord. He is Lord. He's risen from the dead and He is Lord. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.